Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Welcome to the Shovel Pass Podcast. I'm Nick Sawyer. I'm joined this week by my brother, Will Sawyer, and Phil Heim. We're missing Chris this week, but we will plow on without him. Thank goodness we have our our resident Patriots fan in the house. Yeah, so you, we can uh, have, a one <laughs> have a quick chat about that epic Bills-Patriots game last night. So uh, this is the week 13 in the NFL where uh and this week there i mean this year we have an extra game so we've got five weeks left this is where things get really spicy especially with the crazy parody we've seen this year and lots of things are going to get decided over the next few weeks so in the next hour or so we're going to be chatting about the uh the playoff picture we're going to make some playoff picks we're going to talk a little nfc east and uh and obviously, we're going to uh, have a uh, a serious discussion about that Bills Patriots game, and something we have not seen, or at least I've never seen, where uh, our our good man Mac Jones throws only three passes. So, welcome, gentlemen. How are we tonight? Fantastic. Buzz and I knew my boys go bison hunting yesterday. They did not disappoint. Can't wait to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. I don't know about. Hunting. I mean, it was. Uh, I should, I mean, it was hunt. impressive. It was impressive, but it, he wasn't exactly. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of hunting going on there. Hashtag let Mac hunt. New 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 uh, trending hashtag. <laughs> That's what we're going for. <laughs> All right, we'll get into that. I think we're going to save the best for last. Let's start with the NFC East. I thought, you know, we we do our little check-ins every week. Will being the uh, the Cowboys fan that you are. But I was looking at it over the weekend, and I was thinking about the Cowboys game last week, and they did beat the uh, the Saints. They have a couple guys coming back. They have uh, off injury and the COVID list and, and such. They have a couple more guys coming back next week. But they didn't beat the Saints as convincingly as I thought they would or should. And I feel like the door is left a crack open for a surging Washington football team and a sneaky good Philadelphia Eagles team. Now, the Giants still suck, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's a given. That's a given. (laughs) They're not going anywhere. (laughs) But the other part of this for me, it's not just that Dallas didn't win convincingly enough or they left the door. The only reason I think the door is perhaps open a crack is because the NFC East schedule over the next five weeks is all divisional games. It's They're all playing each other. Washington plays Dallas twice. Uh, they play, I think they play Philly twice as well. Dallas plays Washington twice, Philly once, the Giants once, and Arizona, which is going to be a hell of a game. Like, there is a world, and and okay, it's open season on me, but I'm going to say it. There is a world where the Cowboys stumble, and Washington, with that plucky quarterback, Taylor Heineke, sneak in and win the division. Now, Will, you, you said it before, so say it again. I, don't, I agree with you on this. I don't think Dallas misses the playoffs. That would no. be a that would be an epic collapse to have Philly and Washington leapfrog them, but it could happen. I, I think they're almost certainly making the playoffs, uh, even if it happens to be a wild card. I think it's overwhelmingly likely that they still make it with the division lead. Uh, that doesn't exclude Washington from making it into the playoffs. They're fairly well positioned to do that, um, 
but I agree Washington is is got some some moxie, some grit. Uh, they look like they're they're fighters, but they're a little bit, my opinion, of a lower grade team that's punching up. Whereas Dallas is a higher grade team that's currently punching down. They're <laughs> They're well, performing that's worse been kind of a trend in recent years. Like Dallas has <laughs> always seemed like that team. It's almost a reputation at this point. They're they're a good team that punches below their weight class. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Now, having said that, it it alters what ceiling you can expect. And for me, Washington's ceiling is much lower than Dallas's. And so, over these last few weeks, you know, I mean. Granted, they came out, they beat the Raiders. Good on them. That, 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 was, a, that was a solid showing by them. Um, and, and Dallas lost to the Raiders. So this is a nice little recent comparison. Mm. Having said that, <laughs> having said that, Dallas barely lost. And they did it without Amari Cooper, without CeeDee Lamb, without Demarcus Lawrence, without Randy Gregory, without Neville Gallimore. Fair points. Fair okay, points so so while they barely missed that game, Washington also barely won. And uh, I, I think there's a bit of a dicey call towards the end of that game as well. <laughs> so... There, there was some, there was some uh, moxie there. There was some pluckiness to them, and I'll applaud them on that. But it wasn't a convincing, it wasn't a resounding victory, uh, the way some uh, Washington football team fans seemed to think it was. Fair enough. But I will, I will take this moment to point you back to your most recent favorite thing in that wheel of parody that you showed us today. <laughs> yeah. Where every team in the league has beaten every other team in the league. You can draw that direct link between every team in the league. So you can't sit here and say, well, because so-and-so beat this team and it, they barely beat them and we beat them and it, we had these guys. Hey, man, like not to, not to quote too much of a, uh, a cliche here, but any given Sunday, and I'll be honest, what you said about Washington – and their ceiling. I mean, I feel like their ceiling was below where they're at. Their ceiling is below six and six. So <laughs> they've, they're already through the ceiling. They're already through the roof for me. I didn't expect this out of them. So at this point, I don't even really know what to expect from them week to week. But I will say I am impressed. And they seem like a team. And this is where when you look at teams that shouldn't be as good as their talent would suggest and they're winning like this that to me tells me they're they're well coached this is a team that's playing like a team this is the team that's disciplined they're executing together they believe in each other and 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 it starts with the coach so this is the ron rivera effect is is my opinion phil yeah jump and, in and here. you're not wrong. give, give us something wrong. My thing, well, I mean, I think we're, who we're discounting here in the NFC East race are the Eagles with Gardner Minshew under center. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, yes. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, here's the thing. I've been banging Jalen Hurts' drum all season. I'm a big fan of him. But if there's one guy I'm a fan of, one Jalen Hurts, it just might be Gardner <laughs> Minshew, the man with the lovely mustache. Minshew mania. And he looked the part. He opened, I think, what was what was it? Eleven straight completions, and he led. Uh, oh, he, he looked the part. Uh, he looked the part walking into the building. He in did the, in the full Top Gun Maverick costume. Absolutely, seven, and not to mention, not more impressive than the eleven straight <laughs> completions open the game with. He had seven straight uh, scoring drives to to that team. With granted, happened against the New York Football Jets. <laughs> not, not well, what did he finish? Wasn't he like ninety-five percent completion or something? I want to say he was twenty for twenty-five with like two touchdowns and two hundred twenty-five yards. He was very efficient. He was like right up again. This was the Jets he played against. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not saying yeah. he beat. Uh, you know, the, the, I'm not saying he, he put those numbers up against the Eagles' pass defense or anything like that. But as far not as so uh, tiny asterisk, well, it was the Jets that he made. <laughs> no, pretty big one. But he was someone that I don't think he takes the job. I don't think he wins the job uh, quite yet from Jalen. I think Jalen's still playing well enough overall. 
um, to kind of still earn that, that spot this year and at least going into 2022. But I think Gardner has definitely earned himself a, a shot to be a starter somewhere else next season, or at least Perhaps. to continue vying for it um, this offseason, right? So, but as far as the playoff picture goes, it's, it is interesting to see kind of like uh, how these teams might change with one quarterback or the other. Like, obviously, Jalen gives you much more dual threat option, but like, do teams have to then, uh, I guess, game plan differently if Gardner does somehow become the guy? Because Jalen's got an ankle injury, right? So, if he plays well the next game and somehow this door uh, gets open up for him to replace him as a long term starter, does that have an effect similar to Tyler Haney Taylor Heineke coming in last year with the Washington football team did, you know, where you kind of have a new quarterback and uh, I guess he doesn't adjust. You don't really know what offense you're getting that week. So that's kind of where I'm looking at. I think so. it's possible. I actually saw they, they interviewed some players after the game and they were asking him about that. Um, they're, sorry, the Jets players. And I guess it was a last minute announcement. Like, nobody knew that Minshew was starting. It wasn't something they announced days before. They found out on Sunday that, that Minshew was starting. So the Jets players admitted, like, we didn't prepare for Minshew at all. We were preparing for Hurts. But in the same vein, like, in the same sentence, they also admitted that it really wouldn't have changed their prep. So how much of that did they get surprised by Minshew? Uh, perhaps a little bit, you know? Hurts is more dangerous on, on his feet. Um, I don't want to say Minshew's a better thrower, but Hertz has been struggling a little bit lately. So I think it, it, this comes back to our ceilings discussion. Like, we know what Minshew is. He has a ceiling, and it's not – I don't think – I don't know that he's a, a starting quarterback in the league. He's a capable backup who can start several games for you and put up a really – solid performance but i do think there's limitations and uh without a little scheming he's not going to be able to do that week in and week week out year in and year out so yeah i think yeah he, he might be like a, he very much honestly reminds me personality wise even to or not personality really, just kind of the aesthetic of it similar to like a poor man right it's patrick i mean he's like the, the, the <laughs> yeah. massive beard i mean she's got the mustache right kind of like the version but uh yeah definitely something that would kind of i think change how the eagles have to or people prepare for the eagles these last few games but honestly the division i think is dallas is to lose um and i, I think it's just kind of like you said well it's not a question of if they make the playoffs but whether they make the playoffs as the division leader which i think they do or as a wild card so yeah I yeah, just think is that on the weekend, I, I think I, I called it something like uh, 70% chance Dallas takes the division, 25% they they make it in as a wild card, and and 5% they, they don't make the playoffs. Uh, that might even be a little bit overly pessimistic on the not making the playoffs. I think they make it. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's there's a realistic world where they don't make the playoffs. Um, and even Washington, like as as juicy as it is to think that Washington could could take the division, I think it's it's far fetched. They have to play Dallas twice, which is an opportunity. But are also they really going to beat? Yeah, and are they really going to beat Dallas twice? Mm, no, not likely. They might be able to sneak one away. I think that would be a surprise. Two would just be that would be the, an, an epic collapse by Dallas. And then Washington has to play the Eagles twice as well. So you've got those are going to be two fun games to watch as well. But do you really think that the Eagles or Washington is going to win both those games and sweep them? I find I honestly no. I gotta think they're gonna split those games. It could very easily get swept, I suppose, but they just seem like they're both on the same level. That they're punching a bit above their weight class and, you know, they're probably going to cannibalize each other and Dallas is going to take the division. That's usually how the NFC East goes, whether the whole division <laughs> is, is shit or the whole division is great. They all cannibalize each other in their divisional games and and it's who wins external games that uh, takes the division. But I will say this, Dallas needs to figure some things out. And I know that. So when, will, you told me this before, before we started here, they do have a bunch of guys coming back and there's a bunch of guys getting healthy. So they're, they're getting guys back at the right time of year. 
to finish strong and head into the playoffs with some confidence and and with a little bit of time to gel again and kind of um, prepare and be ready to to hit the ground running in the playoffs. So and, on and paper, one one that I want to kind of highlight that yeah please um, maybe people less people are talking about but I'm actually kind of more excited about. Um, there's a lot of talk about. Marcus Lawrence coming back this past week and then Randy Gregory coming back and how great this Dallas pass rush is going to be. Well, honestly, their pass rush has not been a particular weakness up to this point. It has the potential to be kind of next level with some of these other guys. That's great. But that's not their weakest point. Where they've shown susceptibility to other teams, in my opinion, has been more in the run. And I'm looking forward to Neville Gallimore coming back on the field, getting another big body in the middle, because that to me has the potential. You go up against Washington, I'm not as afraid of their passing game as I am their running game. Gibson's a good back. Yeah, he's a load too. He's a load. He kept them in that game against the Raiders. He was the driving force for them. And that is the kind of team that I'm kind of concerned about uh heading into the tail end of the season and and moving into the the playoffs and dallas has to play arizona at the end of the season if they don't have an answer up front for james connor that becomes a a real point of weakness that arizona will exploit yeah it could be could be i mean james connor's not the scariest guy on the uh schedule but um, is anybody like one of the guys in the league in touchdowns Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. I just, I don't think his stats are all that sparkly. He's not somebody that you can sleep on. And with all of the other weapons that Arizona has, yes. If if you're if you're weak in that spot, it's going to show up. I think. Yeah. I don't think you can have a specific weakness and go up against the Cardinals right now. No, because you can't. You can't really rush. I mean. You can't blitz too much. You can't rush because Kyler's just, you know, too dynamic and and too um, athletic to kind of pin down like that. And he'll he'll burn you deep with that the receivers they have. So yeah, you put an extra um, guy in the box. Position. Yeah, it's and... an awkward position. You can't really bring guys down into the box. You can't put an extra lineman down. You bring that extra linebacker in, and you don't have enough guys in uh, you know dropping into coverage to to cover cover their receivings uh receiving core it's uh i i think i mean i think arizona is the best best in the nfc right now best pro- probably the best in the league i mean that's the argument could be made they, they've got the record for it so yeah. barring barring a specific asterisk it's difficult to argue against that i would say yeah yeah definitely Okay, I think we got to move on. So, Phil, no last night's <laughs> events. Now that's something that, that's something that uh, warmed my kind of cold, frosty, not quite New England heart, <laughs> even more Northern heart. Uh, that was a game that I loved watching uh, as a football fan. You did, the Patriots, you did. as an okay. offensive lineman too. As a former offensive lineman, yes. that was the exact kind of game that you kind of love to see. Uh, you always honestly, wish you could play in a game like that, don't you? you As an really O-lineman, do, like, let's just run the ball the whole game. Always, always. I and, felt and, like I was watching peewee football. Well, and here's the, well, here's where it was really impressive to me, honestly. This was that peewee football goes where you don't trust the quarterback <laughs> to throw. Definitely didn't look like that, and I honestly can't. I mean, you saw the way and how it looked out. It just whipped the ball around. Like, I really don't blame Bill for, you know, pulling down that Navy midshipman mask and really sticking to it. And oh, wasn't that, wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that just epic? Like the, the best troll ever. He wears that mid that navy midship midshipman mask before the game. That's like amazing. telegraphing. This is what I'm gonna do. Oh my gosh. This is why I love Bill in his later years. He just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> He's just like, yes, I get it. I'm cr- I'm crotchety, I'm old, I'm also the greatest coach of all time. Shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's to to that point as far as you know, run pound the ball the entire time. Uh, what I noticed in the game, and what one of the, my favorite stats about it afterwards as well, was the Patriots had a 5.4 yard per carry uh, average against the stack box. So for my viewers, for the viewers out here, maybe don't know what that means. The stack box is when you have eight or more defenders in, uh, in the box between the tackles. 
close line of scrimmage, and the Patriots churned out 5.4 yards per carry against the stack front. What that tells you is that even when the defense knew they were going to run, which Belichick friggin' telegraphed in his face mask, he literally said before the game, hey, Sean, I'm going to run the ball down your throat, and you can't do anything about it. And that's exactly what they did. That's why it was a fun game for me to watch as a Pats fan as a former offensive lineman, because you can see them exert their dominance the entire game, and Buffalo couldn't do a single thing about it. And that's exactly what I thought would happen with this game. I didn't need to see Mac Jones throw more than three passes to know the Bills would get their butts handed to them by the Pats, and that's exactly what happened. Granted, Buffalo didn't really have their passing attack available to them, but this is going to be the same, a similar result to what we're going to see a few weeks' time when they rematch in Foxborough with a passing game available, like Belichick says. It's still going to be the same outcome. Uh, New England is just more physical than Buffalo is, and passing game or not, win or not, they will find ways to exert that will and dominance on Buffalo. They can't do anything about it. So that's why it was a super watch. One thing I was going to say, which uh, I don't know, I think Philly will agree with me, is the Patriots on defense are kind of built for a game like, exactly. uh, like this week. Cold what weather. other team is running with linebackers that are 260 pounds? None. And like Patriots, all of them are too. <laughs> Patriots yeah, have big guys at linebacker. Like that's so old school. Kind of, that's, yeah. that's like early Ray Lewis. Right? Everybody like in the league is moving to 220, you know, 30 pound linebackers. Yeah. Guys that are fast that can play almost a nickel back kind of right uh, can cover can run sideline to sideline and chase down you know the and, the, and belichick's the, uh, just doubling down, down yeah. on old school football i'm gonna give him. guys that just beat you up he's just always been a little like that though right it's like oh, if everybody yeah. else is doing this then i'm gonna do the opposite and nobody's gonna see it coming or nobody's gonna know what to do but it's funny like that 260 pounds right like that's that's early ray lewis and if you recall ray lewis lost a lot of weight at the end of his career because he needed to get he needed to get lighter and faster and kind of keep up with the, the changing times and be able to drop into coverage and do the things that he wasn't asked to do when he was a young man in the league so that's really interesting i didn't even know that but um so who are like who are their line the linebackers you're talking about mainly dante hightower he's always yeah. been a big boy he's, he's got huge, the lead. Right. he's yeah yeah he's he's i think he's uh six two or three he's he's pretty fairly tall but he is like 260 pounds like he thunks people like he will <laughs> fill he will fill the hole square you right up and put a beating on you right so uh it was great seeing our guys kind of fly across the field match you don't look amazing as always but mm-hmm. that's kind of what it was like and, and you kind of saw the way that our offensive line was able to exert their will and dominance on that defense. And one of the, my kind of favorite clips happened afterwards where a reporter was asking Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, and this is a brave reporter who asked two, two <laughs> professional uh, reporter athletes this question, but he said, "Is basically kind of, is it embarrassing that you guys lost hmm. after only letting a quarterback, you know, having him throw three times? But any, it's, it's a valid question. Like you knew that they were going to run the ball and you, you could not stop it. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know what their answer is um, two weeks or two, three weeks from now when they play in, in New England because how do you overcome lack of physicality? They'll just send you a message and said, dude, you can't beat us regardless. Like, well, win or no win. Like, we're still stronger than you are. You can't change anything about that. Now, I, now I, one thing I'd have to go back and watch the game. So just let me respond to this one thing, Phil. You, you said, like, what are they going to do about it? Were they actually stacking the box last night? Yeah, they it, were. They were because they? The it didn't. It didn't seem to me like – I, I don't know. At the time, I'm looking at it. I'm like, are, are they? They know they're going to run. Like, why don't they have an extra linebacker on the field? Or it it felt to me like a couple times when I looked at, it, I was like, they still got their all their cornerbacks out there. Their corners may have played off of anything, but like they did definitely have like as concentrated within their tackles and kind of closer to the line of scrimmage. Right. And you could really right. see too. And the way the Patriots took advantage of it is they ran a lot of traps. So on, on Damian Harris, kind of like long 66 yard touchdown, you really start to help with the right side right. of the offensive line, right. let, the, let the defender shoot up, trap them, wall them off, and Damian ran it perfectly up the gun again. So. And, and open up that cutback lane. Exactly. Exactly. Well, they posted a stat on the, on the screen last night when we were watching, which I was really, I thought it was fascinating. Um, the Patriots' percent of snaps with six offensive linemen. For the season, sub-5%. Last night, 
Mm-hmm. The highest in the NFL. The highest in the NFL since 2019. Which I'm surprised that it was that high in 2019. But they had six offensive linemen on the field basically the whole game. So, yeah, no, no yeah you should be stacking the box. You should be bringing an, ex- an extra D lineman. Like, you should be matching their personnel. But, yeah, anyways, is that I think... guy sneaking out? No. So, no. So, Will, though, <laughs> I'm going to leave this one to you, but there was. There was some um, – look, the Pats looked great last night, all right? The Pats brought out an, a very unique game plan, and they were very physical. They put six offensive linemen on the field, and they ran the ball the whole game, and Buffalo couldn't stop them. But they didn't kill Buffalo. It was a close game, and there were opportunities missed. I feel like Buffalo had a very – good chance of winning this game and they had opportunities that they squandered instead of new england just beating them they kind of beat themselves last night didn't they yeah yeah so i mean give all the credit to to belichick coming out with a game plan that literally no other coach would even consider (laughs) um (laughs) but having said that both teams had 10 possessions Buffalo has invested dramatically in their quarterback Mm. and the offense came out and could not score more than 10 points. To me, regardless of any failure on defense, ultimately the defense allowed one touchdown drive the entire game and it came off a 65 yard run, which while impressive does not show the same like systematic breaking down of a defensive structure, it, it's one play. So yeah, sure. the fact that the Patriots had no drive where they ran the length of the field and scored a touchdown the entire game, to me, I look at that and I say the defense did enough to win. I can't put that loss on the defense and say, hey, you guys failed. No, no, no. They held the opposing team to 14 points. They only allowed a single touchdown drive. That is enough to win. You cannot go into any NFL game, regardless of the weather, and assume that your offense can score less than 14 points and win a game. That's absurd. Yeah, you can't expect to win a game with 10 points. And to your you point, Will, too, and to your point, too, Will, like the, I don't think the Patriots actually had a drive that, without scoring the touchdown, like ended up in the opposing red zone. I can't recall them like getting closer than the 10 yard line, even having like a first and goal situation. But the Bills had, I think, multiple kind of uh, down end goals to go and, you know, squandered it, either missed a field goal or just had put only put up three points on the board. Right. So well, and they uh, missed yeah. it. They missed a like chip shot field goal. Yeah. Well, that one, even in warm it like there is kind of like the, that same kicker go kicking into the wind yeah. from the 34 yard or kind of the same thing happened right at the wind took it. So. That was right. just like this Nick Foles. That, that damn kicker was on my fantasy team, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Patriots hit two field goals last night, didn't they? Yes, they did. So, kudos. Their kicker kicked well, considering the weather. And there was also some clock management issues on the Bills' side mm-hmm. of things. I thought McDermott got outcoached. I thought it was pretty obvious. He, like He made some strange calls. He made a very um, silly challenge at the end of the third quarter. Like, you know that you're in the third quarter. The weather's not a surprise anymore. It's a very close game. You know what the Patriots are doing. Like, you're you're beyond the point of, like, getting surprised by things. So you should have enough foresight to see how this game is trending and how it might end. And that timeouts are important. So he challenges a fourth and one for the spot. Now... Spots are notoriously bad challenges. Exactly. They're notoriously bad challenges. Now, did I think Mac Jones got the first down? No, I don't think he did. I thought he got an exceptional spot from the refs. Uh, Far too generous. I honestly don't think he made it. But Mm. the refs gave him the first down. They called the spot. And now you challenge a QB sneak? Like of, of all spot challenges. Spot challenges, as you said, Will, are notoriously bad challenges. At, at anywhere on the field, let alone a QB sneak over like inches. Sneak, yeah. The guy's in the middle of it. a pile. You can't see anything. And again, yeah. he's they... three yards short. Like, there's almost no point. 
Uh, and, right. and like you said, I called it out while we were watching the game. I was like, why is he spending timeouts on this? Right. He did well, it there, he and then he right. called so it another exactly. one. Exactly. Like, he makes this challenge. You can't see it. There's no indis- indisputable evidence to overturn it. They can't overturn it, even if it looks like he was short. So you waste a timeout there. You go into the fourth quarter with two timeouts instead of three. And then, yeah, like you said, Will, near the end of the game, they, they blew another timeout. Uh, what was the situation? I don't even remember. It just it was a silly timeout. They didn't need to they, do it. They got in – I forget whether it was first and goal or, or just first and close to goal. Uh, and and they called a timeout to, to get set up in a play. And, I mean, I understand, like, you want to make use of your, your opportunity. Um, but to me, the timeout was more valuable there. There's no reason you shouldn't have already thought about – yeah. Okay, if I get in inside the fifteen, th- these are the couple plays that I want to call. Right? Why Why are you calling a timeout here to get settled for a goal first line down? Push? Like it's not yeah. third down, it's not fourth first down. down. Just go for it. First like, down. Try something, and, they, and then I think the next play out. didn't didn't he get sacked or he threw it away or something? Like it was uh, I don't know. They kind of they got a penalty. Anyways, they they the the execution was poor. They were they were not ready for the the moment, and you know I I honestly think they there was a little bit there where they let the Patriots off the hook, but it's hard to say that because Bill coaches with a feeling too, right? They he's not pushing too hard, he's not taking extra chances, he's feeling the game, and he puts other coaches in awkward positions where they might make a mistake. We've seen this time and time again, so. You know, he let the Bills kind of shoot themselves and took the win. Would he have done things differently if the Bills had had been more on their game? Probably. You probably don't see a game where he's running the whole time. Anyways. Well, and, and, and we're going to see it in, uh, you know, 18 days or whatever when they play each other again. That's uh, right. This time in Foxborough, which, you know, should be an advantage for the Patriots, but... Hopefully we see a few more passes. I mean, here's the thing. Here's my little prediction for that game. Mac Jones is going to out-duel and outperform Josh Allen and then all the talk about him not having anything to do in that win. He's gonna yeah. Somebody asked him about that. How does it feel to win a game and only throw three passes? <laughs> he was Pretty like, cool. it takes a village. <laughs> well, uh, was it was it Judon that, that had the great quote after the game where – where they asked him, he's like, oh, yeah, no, like the offense did, did great. Uh, you know, shout out to the, the running backs and the, everybody did great. You know, I mean, ex- except Mac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, no, Mac I, I don't know that he deserves seats. any credit. <laughs> but his, his handoff form was on point. Well, Just tremendous. <laughs> and, and to that point, all they've done all year with Mac is um, – Ask him to do a job, and he's done it. So, yeah, this game was not particularly flashy, but he didn't make any mistakes. I, I understand handing off should be easy, but balls have landed on the ground for less. So, or Sanchez you know, ran into an old lineman's butt. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, anyways, every time they ask him to do something, he's up to the challenge. If they want him throwing 10 balls in a game, he throws 10 balls. If I mean, it's very Tom Brady. Throwing yeah, short, honestly, he throws Early short. in Brady's career, Brady didn't throw over the ball very much. They protected him. They game-planned around him. They had a, a, a stout defense. Like it, It's very reminiscent, so I don't want to make too many comparisons. He's not Tom Brady, and it's not fair to, to compare him to, to Tom Brady, but – um, it's just interesting watching it um, and seeing the similarities to the, the beginning of uh, Brady's career. Um, which, all right, so the, all of this brings us to our conversation about the playoff picture. Uh, and we can start with the AFC because there's musical chairs going on here, fellas. And there's not enough chairs. There's too many teams and not enough chairs. And somebody's going to be left without one when the music stops. There's several surging teams that have looked good over the last several games. Miami's five and zero over the last five games. Who would have, who would have seen that coming? Like this is a team that was one and seven and now they're six and seven. 
they lost seven in a row and now they've won five in a row. Right. (laughs) Like, like think about it. We were talking about when they were one and seven, we were having the conversation about Brian Flores and how he's definitely getting fired. And this is, will he even make it to the end of the season? And now it's like, you know, his odds are better than Mike Zimmer. Right, and two is oh, and, and two is not an NFL quarterback. And where's he going to play next year? And Miami's going to have to move on from him and everything. Five games later, two is looking like a legit NFL quarterback, and Flores' job's looking mighty secure. So, yeah, um, weird things are happening here. And they're playing the Pats one more time throughout the season, up too. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I I always like that improbable Miami beat you know, where Miami beats the Patriots. It seems to happen every year. Miami comes up with some weird little play to stick it to Bill Belichick. <laughs> Phil. What what the whole division wants to do, but somehow the Jets and, and Bills somehow yeah. do less. <laughs> oh, those feisty dolphins. You know, dolphins yeah. are, are, are a fierce, a fierce mammal. Um, all right, so right now, today, the playoff picture, New England's the number one seed. Tennessee is the number two seed. They've looked uh, a bit shaky now and then over the last couple of weeks. Baltimore, they just lost and looked... They've looked should definitely, like, legitimately sh- shaky over the last few weeks. They're the number three seed. Kansas City... Kansas City's defense has looked really good, but their offense still looks like it has uh, has some problems. The Chargers are up and down and all over the place. You never know what you're going to get, but they look good on the weekend, so they're number five seed. Cincinnati, again, they're kind of like the Chargers from Ohio. And, uh, and the Bills. The Bills are the seventh seed right now, but nipping at their heels, you have... Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, Cleveland, and Denver, and Miami. So the question is, who comes out of this alive? And I said this weeks ago, I'll just say it again. I said this weeks ago, the Bills are missing the playoffs. So I will double down on that. The Bills are going to they're going to stumble. They're going <laughs> to they're going to shoot themselves in the foot and they're going to miss the playoffs. But who's going to take them out? Well, I think well, we got it, I one mean, more game against the Pats. I'm, I've been saying forever it's going to be the Patriots rolling bison hunting, right? We started round one yesterday, and then two weeks, two, three weeks now, we're going to put a, put a final bullet in their head. So, <laughs> on their playoff hopes. It's, I mean, yeah, the, <laughs> man, the Bills, like, who do the Bills play over the next few weeks? The Bills' remaining schedule, they have the Bucks next week. That's an L. Then the the Panthers, they're going to beat the Panthers. Then they play they're the Patriots, the Patriots. Again, and that's going to be tough. Then they get the Falcons and the Jets. So, I mean, like, they're probably, again, I'm going to go conservatively, they're going to go three and two over the next five weeks. That's so it was fair. three and two enough to get them to the playoffs. Right now they're seven and five. They're going to end up ten and, uh, was that, ten and seven? Ten and seven. I think ten and seven will get them to the wild card potentially. Uh, depends on, on like the log jam and tie breaks afterwards. Um, that's it, man. It's, that's yeah. it. I don't know. Like, I, I think the Dolphins have a tough road to get in. Well, they got the Giants, the Jets, the Saints, the Titans, and the Patriots. Yeah, the Saints, Titans, Patriots to finish the season is a rough road. So I got to think the Dolphins, as as um, impressive as their run has been, it is. I'm going to fall short of the playoffs. <laughs> They're not making it in. Um, the Bronco, no, the Colts. I don't know. The Colts? The Colts still have to, in? They still have to be a team that's not like the Texans or the Jets or some, or the, some, I mean, the only team they beat with a winning record, I think, to my knowledge as far, has been the Bills, which, again, <laughs> is just maybe even more reason why the Bills probably won't make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they've played people close, but they lost. That's just it. They they came close against the Rams. They came close against the Bucks. They came close against uh, the Ravens. 
They came close against the Titans. Like all of these are one score games that they lost. So it they they seem to have a habit of losing close games to good teams. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is like well, even going back to I guess the, the Colts and the Bills, right? Like the Colts are only a game below the Bills right now, as far as an L goes, uh, and they they have their bye coming up right now, right? So the, the the Colts, I think, like as long as they win one more game than the Bills over this remaining slate, they will be in the playoffs over the Bills. They have the tiebreaker over them, right? And the only other team below right now in the bubble, uh, below the yeah. Bills, are the Steelers. I don't really trust the Steelers. I'm sure but, we don't either. <laughs> so, but the Colts, they have four games left. They play the Patriots. In two weeks, yeah. I don't. I mean, ooh, that that I don't like that game for the Patriots. Patriots have to go play the Colts in, in in Indianapolis. Them coming off the bye, that feels like that feels like a game that the Patriots could lose. Sorry. But we're coming off the bye too, so Are I you? think. Oh yeah, we have a bye this week. This is our, yeah. we're, oh we're, okay, all right. So yeah. that game just got a whole lot more interesting. But yeah, so they play the Patriots. That's going to be a tough one. Then they play the Cardinals. In Arizona, then they play the Raiders, and they finish off with the Jaguars. So, uh, I don't there's know. Really, there's only one game. There's really only one. Yeah, there's really only one win there for me, and the rest of them are uh, really iffy Highly and if, contestable. Yeah, and and <laughs> if and if history is any um, teacher here, uh, they're not going to win them. <laughs> they're going to lose by one score. I think looking <laughs> so. at the current looking at the current AFC playoff picture, I think the only team. Um, I mean, honestly, like you could probably take this current playoff picture and like leave it as is. So right now in the AFC, we have the Patriots, Titans, Ravens, Chiefs, Chargers, Bengals, and Bills. I think the yeah. only people that you could theoretically swap out, uh, in my opinion, would be Bengals and Bills for Colts and Raiders. That's the only thing I could probably see. I mean, Bengals, yes, I definitely could see, but like there's such an inconsistent team. I don't know what Bengals are getting week in, week out. Um, and obviously, like, I don't have much faith in the Bills either, so... Uh, those are the other teams I see them losing out for, but I'm curious, what do you guys think as far as uh, who do we see leaving uh, the current playoff hunt in the NFC, I, and if and why the Niners? <laughs> <laughs> well, before this week, I would have been all over that, saying the Niners are surging, the Niners are going to get in, the Niners are going to make a run. And, um you know, they're coming together at the right time and then they go and lose to Seattle. And I was talking mad shit before this week about how excited I was to see them kill the, the, the Seahawks. And then somehow Russ decides his finger's not hurt anymore and starts throwing dimes. And the Niners just fall apart. It was, I mean, despite Kittle putting on a clinic. What a how many what yards a, did he oh get gosh, in that game? Man, 185. Yeah, something like that. He was two absurd. touchdowns. Like that guy is a monster. But ultimately, it came down to um, clock management, coaching decisions, play calling, and Jimmy just being not quite good enough. And I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to spend this time raking Jimmy over the coals. But it just seems like he's just not quite good enough in the biggest moments. And it's uh, it's frustrating to watch. So, And in true Jimmy fashion, when it came down to essentially the last play of the game with an opportunity to, to score, and it was, what, fourth and, I don't know, we were in the red zone, fourth and goal, he gets the ball knocked down. And it's like, I I don't know. He just gets too many balls knocked down. I've said this before. It, I don't know what it is. His release point, he's eyeing the receiver too much. He's, just get, he's got something. He gets far too many balls knocked down by the defensive line. So um, I was not, a, not in a good place on Sunday after that happened. But um, I said it early in the season when uh, the Niners lost a couple and I was frustrated with how they were playing and their execution was sloppy and Jimmy wasn't quite good enough. I said, they're done. They're not making the playoffs. And then they gave me this false hope, rattling off a few wins in the middle of the season. And now it seems like the injury bug is hitting us again. And our our play's getting sloppy. And we're, we're just, I don't know. We, looked, we didn't look good against Seattle. So maybe it's just a one-off. Maybe it's an aberration. But we were in a very good position 
to make the playoffs and and secure that sort of high percentage playoff spot and now we are very tenuous as uh, we're in a very tenuous position as to whether we make the playoffs or not we've left the door wide open for the rams to uh to surge and and for us to be left uh at home that's it and and i mean the rams looked good grain of salt it was the jags so who really doesn't look good against them um but it it did it did kind of look like the rams were were starting to click a little better with their timing um it'd be a tough pill for for the niners at this point in the season to see uh seattle and and uh la start actually playing um I mean, Seattle's not making the playoffs. No, 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 they're not. But they beat the Niners, and yeah. uh, and and Russell finally had a good game after having a series of very subpar games. Oh, okay, to show up okay. You, you don't have to rub it in. <laughs> I'm just saying he waited for this week. He waited for this week to just put salt in it. Um, oh yeah. yeah, it was it was it was so frustrating. It was really frustrating watching that game. Anyways, we should have won. We should have won. <laughs> okay. Now I just sound like I'm whining. <laughs> Sounds like Chris from the Steelers blow a game. <laughs> no, but lucky for you, though, Nikki, I think the Niners, if anything, like they currently have the seventh seed in the NFC. I think, honestly, like their playoff, the playoff picture in the NFC looks to me a lot more stable and settled than it does in the AFC. I think the only team that you could consider. Uh, that's on the bubble in NFC making a push are the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, those flying <laughs> Eagles, <laughs> mainly because, uh, you know, in general, like the NFC East every single year seems like it gets wackier and wackier and there's always churn in that division. But I feel like if anything, what's likelier is the Eagles might leapfrog the Niners for sixth and the Niners going to stay into the seventh position if the wife the skins go on a slide. Because like uh, we mentioned, they still have both their games against the uh, uh, Eagles and, and, and Cowboys left, right? So uh, depending on how those goes out, like they could follow the playoff picture entirely, right? So I feel like I trust the Niners to sneak in maybe more than I do the the, the, the Washington football team, not the Washington football team. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, so Washington actually has a spot right now. They're the sixth seed and the Niners are the seventh seed with Philadelphia close behind. So there is a there is a world where Philadelphia and Washington and Dallas make the playoffs, which is crazy because at the beginning of the season, all we could talk about was how shit the NFC East was, how it was the worst division in football. And they might actually be the division that has three playoff teams. Could. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because they're games against each other. Uh, yeah, they're going to, like we said, they're going to cannibalize each other. Yeah, I could see the Eagles leapfrogging the the Washington football team, um, but it would be a one or the other. I don't think I don't think they're both making it in. Um, but I think Washington's going to keep their spot. If yeah, I and hopefully the Niners don't lose out in the rest of their season, like the, their schedule. But like, yeah. if we're looking at the teams that who who could actually um, get in, Philadelphia is six and seven. And the Niners are six and six, and the Washington Washington football team is six and six. So like Philadelphia is the closest. Then you got New Orleans at five and seven, and the Vikings are at five and seven, the Panthers at five and seven, Atlanta's at five and seven. Like I'll be honest, none of those five and seven teams uh, make me. They don't believe. seem dangerous. No, they don't, do they? And you know what? It's crazy because. Minnesota on paper is a talented team and even watching them for like, if you watch the first three quarters of every one of their games, you're like, wow, this is a good team. This, this looks like a playoff team. You know, they've played some really good teams really close. They just keep losing in the fourth quarter. They can't play a fourth quarter if their life depended on it. And what was that rant that I went on a couple of weeks ago? They're the anti Baltimore. They lose games in the fourth quarter that they're supposed to win, and they did it again this week against Detroit. It's insane. So, oh, big shout out to Detroit, by the way. You just won your Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watching the guy, those guys celebrate warmed my heart, brought a tear to my eye. Um, we don't get to see another winless season from Detroit, and the Detroit Lions will not be sold to Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> 
good good for them good for them uh ha having said that um watching goff at the end of that game was a little bit painful now oh. he he managed he managed to get it done at the very last moment but it was like he was trying to throw the game away yeah. with the fumble and the near interception and it, his balls were kind of all over the place <laughs> like man can you Boy, just I hate focus? it when that happens <laughs> <laughs> balls are just all over the place you know? can't keep them together tuck them in your jockey and <laughs> things straightened out yeah. um, you know <laughs> It was it was tough Keep to your watch. balls high and tight. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough to watch, and and yet somehow Minnesota still managed to lose it. So it was it was kind of absurd because if you look at Cousins' stat line, it looks like he had an awesome game, right? Like like really 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 exceptional game, and uh, he manages to lose it. And it Cousins like, is the magician of like getting paid for stat lines. He he, I, he goes to, honestly. His contract when he's negotiating a contract, all he has to do is say, "Look at my stats. I've thrown for four thousand yards. My completion percentage is this. I don't throw picks. I, blah 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 blah." Here except are all my that, comps. Right, <laughs> except that you know, give me forty million dollars. Except I lose games in the fourth quarter. <sighs> Anyways, sorry. We, we're always we know piling how you on cousins. Yeah, we're always piling piling on cousins. But 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 honestly, I I but hold... you lost to Detroit. Yeah. And and I hold uh, Mike Zimmer to a higher bar there. Yeah. Because his team is losing it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it's true. not always that's it's true, not always right? purely cousins. No. Now cousins may not be the reason that they're elevating and winning in those fourth quarters, but. Zimmer is arguably the reason they're losing. <laughs> yeah, we're probably we're probably a little unfair to Cousins, uh, but we're not being unfair to Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer has has been consistently showing up with some of the worst coaching decisions week in and week out, as far as clock management goes, and and you know down in distance and play calling going forward or or not and that kind of stuff. So and and getting your team in the right mindset at the end of the game to make a push. Building that culture. Yeah, that he doesn't never me as that, Like, I never see any YouTube clips of Mike Zimmer's fiery speech before or after a game. You know, like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> he seems not, more like the angry uncle than the, than the not, like... Yeah, he's not that guy. You know, he's more like the, He's more like the get-off-my-lawn kind of old guy on his porch. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it doesn't seem to resonate. I... I <laughs> right? I'm a firm believer that it doesn't resonate with his team because otherwise they would be winning. Um, but pile on that, that his situational awareness seems to be kind of out to lunch and, and everything that we just, uh, accused, uh, McDermott of in, in mismanaging the game against the Patriots. Zimmer seems to do that weekly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I struggle to watch his games because of those decisions. <laughs> and you're just like screaming at the TV going, what the hell are you doing here? Anyway. Um, all right, so uh, do we do we want to finish off maybe here? Is it do we miss anything? I think that's pretty well. We can wrap it up. Okay, so do we do we want to make some picks? Like we we talked through everything, but we didn't we didn't lay it down any you know predictions that we. I'm could down come to back. make conference could, championship projections. If, if that's a good thing, I, I, mean, I want to come <laughs> back later and 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 sure. just torch somebody for some asinine prediction they made. So. I, I want us. I want us to pick one team we think that currently has a playoff spot that's going to lose it. Uh, one team that doesn't have a playoff spot that's going to gain it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. I like that. Let's do that. Okay. Cool. Um, that's fun. Start us off. I feel like. Well, I think the. Okay. In the AFC, I think the Raiders somehow find their way to the playoff spot. I think the division is too volatile now too. I think that there's. A couple of susceptible guys uh, at the bottom of the AFC that are, you know, out of, in danger of losing a spot. The, the Raiders are only a game behind the Bengals. They're only a game behind the Chargers. I think either of those teams are possible are liable to slip the Bills as well. So I think the Raiders can find their, have a really good strong chance, a strong good strong chance to find their way in the playoffs. I think finding their way out of the playoffs uh, could honestly just be the the Washington football team. I feel like if any team might have uh, an easy kind of route out of it, it could be them. 
if they fail their divisional test with, like you said, four to five games, the divisional kind of uh, slight, if they fail that test, then it's no playoffs for them. That's a certainty. All right. I like that. Will, you're up. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go bold and I'm going to say the Chiefs fall out of the playoffs. Ooh, okay. And and uh, and the Colts jump in. The Colts. Okay. I know I'm swapping divisions here, but yeah, I, I think I, I think it. the the Chargers are only one game back, and and I call them to have a late season surge, and uh, the Chiefs to fall off a bit. And I think the, the Colts find their way in. The Chiefs are going to fall off, so the Colts are going to catch the Chiefs and beat them beat them out for that that wild card spot. And obviously that means you think that either the the Bengals and Bills are going to surge as well. I don't I don't know whether the Bengals will be in either. I'm just calling for the Chiefs to lose. <laughs> well, yeah, but if there, the there might Chiefs, be multiple teams that that change the, over here. But if the Chiefs are out and the Chargers move into the divisional win and the Chiefs are not taking the Chargers wild card spot, then that means that like the Bills and the Bengals would still have to finish strong enough that they overtake the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs have got to like fall said, through three three wild card spots. But they're only one game ahead of all three. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, so all three teams would have to catch them though. Wow. All right. That that is a hot take. I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. But I want to go bold. All right, fair enough. Love it. And NFC? NFC, let's. uh, I give you permission to take the low hanging fruit if you want to. If you want to say Washington falls out and Philly gets in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. All right, all right. That's 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 the easy one. That's the easy one. All right. So uh, AFC. I mean, I already said this, but I'm gonna. Like I said, I'm doubling down on it. The Buffalo Bills continue to stumble and miss the playoffs and the team that takes their place is uh, I gotta go with oh that's a tough one I'm, I'm struggling here between Indianapolis and Vegas I, I, th- I think I want to say Vegas though I like Vegas I want the Raiders to get into the playoffs I kind of want that too so I'm going to say Buffalo falls out and the Raiders get in that's that there's my prediction. And as far as the NFC goes, um clearly the Niners are not falling out of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly. Ah, <laughs> uh, this one's this one's like there's less mystery here. I, I it, unfortunately it comes back to I Yeah, oh man. I mean, and New Orleans, like, is Simeon coming back anytime soon? Or is Jameis coming back anytime soon? Well, Jameis is coming for this season, but I think it's, I think right. Simeon, I think it's, yeah, Hill's job now to continue losing. <laughs> oh, Hill is, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have any confidence that they're going to keep, be able to pull off, rattle off a few wins. Does Minnesota he, have he a was an excellent surge? running back this week? Yeah, I know he was, wasn't he? <laughs> and I, I can't, I can't on good conscience say that Minnesota is going to surge and knock somebody out of it. Like I, I can't do it. I've been so critical of of Minnesota all year long, but they're not a bad team, and they've played a lot of teams really close. So I, I have a hard time. With Jefferson's that. outstanding. I just want to throw that in there. He is fantastic, and, and I, just, is I wish good, more for him. <laughs> is um, are they going to be getting? Ah, uh... oh, shoot. I just lost his name. They're running Cook. back. Are they getting Dalvin Cook back? Or is he done for the season? I mean, it's just hard to... Yeah, it's it's hard to pick Minnesota. They're a really hard team to root for. <laughs> and I don't want to root for them so that I'm just so that I'm right. They got to play the Rams and the Packers before the end of the season. They're playing the the Steelers next week, and then the Bears to start this year. But oh, this sucks. All right, I mean, ah, Washington Mm -hmm. out, Philly in. 
Great. That's super exciting, guys. I mean, well, here I have a question. No, what you know what? Thing? You know what? We just did this whole conversation about it, and as much as I said it's unlikely, Dallas is going to crater over the next four weeks. <laughs> and Philly's going to get in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not happening. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Okay. All right. That was fun, guys. We got to wrap it up. (laughs) It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for your candor. And let's do it again next week. Let's do it, fellas. Take her easy. Look forward to it.